Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Max Impact here on the Mars Hill Network. In the studio with you, Teddy Caputo and Xander Deacons. We have another great episode for you today. If you've been tuning in with us over the last few weeks, you've heard Xander leading the charge with our interview and discussion with Pastor Chris Cali. It's a great conversation about theology with Christian young adults and how we approach a topic like theology. Uh, but we're going to take a little bit of a break from that conversation. Conversation. You'll hear the final part of it next week, but we're taking a break because it's only a few days before Christmas. And since it's the Christmas season, it's only fair that Xander and I have a conversation on Max Impact about Christmas Indeed. and what it means to Christian youth and young adults. So, Xander, let me just get right into it with you really quick. Uh, what does this Christmas season mean to you? What are some things that you do to help bring the meaning uh, to the season? Oh wow, Teddy, that's a that's a big answer. <laughs> You're starting uh, strong. <laughs> that's like the big well because it gets into all what I really want to talk about this episode is mm-hmm. that everything we do in the Christmas season stems from one thing and that is what what Christmas announces is it's the start of the plan of redemption. Mm. It, it's the starting point of the plan of redemption everything all the joy of the christmas season flows from that yes uh, the the incarnation the celebrating the fact that god became a man yes for the express purpose of redeeming a people unto himself like it's mm-hmm. y- you can't stress that enough you can't wrap your mind around it it's so it's such a heavy concept you can't ever fully wrap your mind around it it's such a it's such a great great truth that like Mm -hmm. everything we do like you can talk about how there's great things about christmas where you you visit family Mm. you exchange gifts there's you know there's warm feelings surrounding the holiday but everything that all the joy from that should be centered around the fact that this is celebrating the birth of the savior of the world Mm -hmm. amen exactly it's right in the name christ miss mm-hmm. you know and i don't know what the miss parts mean if we're talking it about means mass mass it, it's from the medieval church uh the old english for christ mass oh okay well there you go so pretty much like right in the name gives the significance of the holiday you know especially when we think about the way the world celebrates the holiday there's not so much of a focus on christ you know they actually sometimes take the word christ out of the name of the holiday you'll see mary xmas right i mean some people would probably call it giftmas if they had their druthers and you know just any any sort of name other than making the focus on christ so yeah it's so important for us to focus on Christ this year, despite all the fun traditions that come with Christmas. And I'm sure, Xander, that there are some fun traditions that maybe you do, your church does, or people you know, um, to commemorate Jesus and the meaning of this season. Are there any that you do in particular, or people you know, like things that they do? Maybe give some of our young listeners ideas of things they can do to commemorate Christ and his birth this season. Well, by the time this episode airs, I will have attended my church's young adults ministry Christmas party. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, so we will be we'll be having fun there, and uh, I will be serving uh, on Christmas Eve. I'll be serving at my church's worship services. Okay. Uh, so there's that. Um, I always like to. Well, I always like to listen to hymns in general, but I, I like I love listening to Christmas hymns, uh, especially because it, it just keeps you focused on on the season. And there's so many great Christmas hymns out there yeah. that, like, 
I mean, you turn on turn on any secular radio station at this point, you're going to hear them. Yes. Uh, and I think it's just um, right now our church is also going through an Advent devotional mm. uh, with uh, 24 devotions based on the teaching of R.C. Sproul. Okay. Uh, that we're uh, that we're reading through as a church. Wonderful. So that's good. Uh, last year, a couple of years ago, we read through the Gospel of Luke. I think Sonia Hines is leading us through that yes. on the Mars Hill Network. Yep, a chapter uh, a day. Chapter a day. Yes. Uh, for the Gospel of Luke. So there's something you can do there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would. I would definitely uh, stay in. Well, stay in Scripture in general, but right. Like, especially in the Christmas season, if you're not doing something for Advent, do something for Advent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little late now. It's the 22nd, uh, but... Hey, know. it's not too late. Christmas yeah, no, that's is the true. 25th. We got true. a few Three days. days. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's true, Teddy. You know, there, it's, <laughs> it's not too late to start, you know, commemorating something for Advent. But I mean, like, you know, like I said, you know, it, like there's... You talked about how that's, um, like, some people might call this, like, Merry Giftmas, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, right. Um... I think there's no shortage of people uh, talking about how Christmas has become way too commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a growing uh, distaste for the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. I think in general among the American populace, and I think it's because you know stores literally right as November starts, you walk into a store and yeah. they've already got their Christmas stuff up. Yeah. Um, some of our local stations have already started playing Christmas music. Yep. Um, there's, you know, like there's the, the secular Christmas songs that some people don't like, you know, like the Mariah, like Mariah Carey, you know, there's the The running joke that, (laughs) you know, at the start of November, people are like Mariah Carey's thawing as we speak, you know? Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, every uh, year in the months, November and December, her song, all I want for Christmas is you, uh, is the number one trending song I believe in the world during those two oh, months yeah. because of how popular it is during the Christmas season. I, w- I do want to talk a little bit more about that commercialization stuff. Uh, but before we do, I want to share a couple things about what I do. But just the one thing I had thought of when you had mentioned your young adult Christmas party, Xander, for those who are out there who maybe have not been to one, uh, what can you expect at a young adult's Christmas party at your, uh, your church or any church, really? Uh, food. Uh, we're, I go to a Baptist church, so there's, mm. there's a lot of food. There you go. Uh, so food, fellowship, uh, there's usually games there. Mm. Um, there's usually, you know, you know, like I said, it's, I think it's just a good time to, like, like I said, it's, it's just a good time to fellowship. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time to fellowship with other believers, mm. uh, that are your peers. Yeah. Uh, and it, it keeps you centrally focused because if you look at it from a gospel perspective, like there are people in, in my group who by all secular accounts, I have like no association with mm. our interests are completely different. Uh, some of our views may be completely different. We have different theology, mm. you know, we have different you know, points of view on like on like ex political issue or something like that. Yeah, we have different points of view on like like I'm more of an artsy kind of person. These this person may be more into like mechanics or something like that. Yeah, but we're we're closer if you look at it. Really, we're closer than the people in my creative writing major at mm. college. We're cl- we're closer 
because we're we're family in Christ. Mm, you know, th- we have more in common in that than we would if we had similar interests, but we weren't believers. Yeah, we have more in common because, and this is this is the essence of the Christmas season, mm-hmm. is because without the birth of Christ, none of that would happen. Yes, without the birth of Christ, there's no reason for these people to get together and have a party and talk about. You know, these things, because we haven't been redeemed at that point. If there's Mm. no if there's no birth of Christ, you Mm. know, there's no redemption happening. There's no salvation. It's all pointless. Right. Exactly. And, you know, the nice thing about these types of events, these parties, uh, mainly they're for the church. But, you know, there have been parties I've gone to for Christmas that are very evangelistic in its nature, Mm -hmm. where they are open to anybody, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. And you're coming under uh, you're celebrating under the common guise of the Christmas season. Oh, yeah, for sure. But you're learning about Christ in the midst of that. Like there's a one Christmas party I go to every year, uh, a couple people from my church host it and it's really a gathering of young adults mainly there's some uh you know not young adults but full adults there um but but a lot of non-christians that are there a lot of people that maybe don't celebrate christmas the traditional way we do here in america and part of not celebrating that tradition is they don't understand the reason for that tradition, Mm -hmm. which is Christ, which is Jesus. So uh, at one of the parties I've gone to this year, they actually, we we do a a whole run through of, you know, the the biblical story. But part of that is also, you know, there's that common uh, Christmas song, the 12 days of Christmas, you know, the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, Mm -hmm. right? We run through that because I won't get into it all now, definitely look into it, but there is... uh, biblical significance to that song too with the 12 days the 12 I've, disciples I've heard about that right so we like in this party we learn all about that significance we even learned about apparently candy canes there's a lot of debate about this but apparently candy canes have a lot of christian background mm-hmm. as well um some say as early as the late 1600s with the german uh pr- professor i believe who uh was trying to get his kids to uh, calm down during like a live nativity reenactment. So he made these candy canes, like to essentially calm them down. And but but essentially the candy cane, pretty neat story. How that candy during the Christmas season represents Christ. I'd have to verify this, but I also think that the Christmas tree, the custom of the Christmas tree, was started by Martin Luther. Hmm. That maybe I I haven't really looked into that, but that'd be interesting. I heard that like almost twenty years ago at this point, so I don't <laughs> I don't know if I misheard it or misremembered it, but right. But but that's something to look into and to definitely you know have as part of your celebration to learn about these things. Because man, I learned about the history of the candy cane. It was really cool just learning about how the different aspects of the candy itself represent different things. Uh, to do with Jesus, the the J shape Jesus, the fact it looks like a shepherd's cane for Jesus the shepherd, the white representing the holiness of God, we are washed clean from our sin, the red representing the blood of Christ, the fact that it's in stripes representing uh, just the, even the scripture where it says by his stripes we're healed. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so really cool stuff like that that I've learned uh, by attending these Christmas parties. So, you know, based on Zan and I's experience, I would just say definitely seek fellowship during this time of year uh, to be with the ones you love, uh, to learn about Christmas, and to really experience that Christmas joy, which 
to your point earlier, can sometimes get lost when we commercialize the holiday mm-hmm. too much. So um, what ways, Xander, are you seeing the holiday being commercialized? I know we kind of talked about this a little bit with Black Friday, but what what do you what would you say there? Well, because uh, this is the thing is I think um, a lot of people like Christmas related content. I think Christmas has become a content related holiday. Mm. Uh, people love their Christmas movies. Yeah. Um, we in America have our own sort of Christmas cultural lingo mm-hmm. uh, almost where like, you know, you can like like I'm going to look at you and you're going to know what I'm going to say. You'll shoot your eye out. You know, you know what that you know, what that's from. Right? Ah, uh, you're going to have to remind me, man. I feel like I do. A but... Christmas story. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, like, so like uh, any random person on the street around Christmas time, when they hear you, you'll shoot your eye out, they will they know that it's from that movie. Okay. You know, there's, you know, A Christmas Carol, that, that, yeah. whole, that whole story. And I think it's become, we've become so overwhelmed with content. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's sort of the, you know, the, the commercialistic aspect of Christmas, you know, and there's... Mm. You know, it, you know, there's all sorts of things where Christmas is not only wrapped up in the content we watch, it's also wrapped up in the content we receive, mm. you know, and I think we, we've, you know, now, now we've associated Christmas with physical things and we've associated Christmas with materials that we can possess or materials that we can watch material that make us makes us feel a certain way mm-hmm. this is a really philosophical description uh this is a really yeah. a really cerebral way to say you know we've we've become very very selfish right and i think that's kind of personified personally i feel it's personified in Santa Claus, this character of Santa Claus and how it's so commercialized and you know it, it's sad because like you know obviously with kids you know it's it's fun but but really when you put the focus on santa you take it away from jesus which i think is something we must be careful of uh as you know any christian but especially as young believers in jesus i'll say this i grew up in a christian home that also did santa like i i grew up in a you know where we emphasized you know like we emphasized the Christmas story. And when I found out Santa wasn't a real person, you know, sorry for anyone listening, uh, who I just ruined Christmas for you. Uh-oh. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, when I found that out, I, that didn't necessarily shake my faith in Jesus. That was, you know, it was just like, I was like, yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of knew that, mm-hmm. you know, like it, yeah. the, you know, the logistics didn't necessarily make sense in my head, but at the same time, it's just, it was fun, you know, and, and Santa is based on the tradition of St. Nicholas of Myra, Uh, from Turkey, who, as the story goes, uh, anonymously donated money to uh, dowryless women who Hmm. were about to get married Hmm. uh, by night. Uh, And so that became Sinterklaas in the the Dutch, Hmm. uh, became Santa Claus in English. Hmm. Uh, Well, Santa Claus is kind of this weird mix of English and the Germanic, because in Britain they call him Father Christmas. No one needs to know this, but, like, it, it (laughs) it, it was, you know... Yeah, but so basically, I, I, I've seen a lot of people get very, uh, very cagey around mm-hmm. the idea of Santa, and I understand that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. You know, not overemphasizing one in place of the true meaning of Christmas. Oh well, yeah, of course. But at the same time, you know, have fun. Like that's my that's my philosophy of it. Is if as long as you don't lose your focus. Yeah. Have have fun with it. You know, because like I said, Christmas is about joy. Like yeah. think of it. The heavenly hosts were rejoicing mm-hmm. and they were rejoicing because this is the start of the plan of redemption prophesied from Genesis. Even, yeah. you know, he tells 
the serpent. I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman and yeah. her offspring will bruise your head. You'll bruise his heel. Yes. He tells Moses, I'm going to raise up a prophet like you from among your brothers. And Moses tells the people, hey, there's going to be a prophet that mm-hmm. comes up like me from among you. And God's going to put his words in his mouth. And yes. if you don't listen to him, basically, you people who don't listen to him are not listening to God right. is, is the words that Moses speak. And that is a very lofty claim that can only be ascribed to one person. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why there's such rejoicing. And I think that when we get to the Christmas season, it can be easy one to get too swept away into right. materialism, but mm-hmm. two, it's also easy to lose our joy and become bitter. Mm-hmm. I think when we see, a lot of the materialism of the culture, I, I say this from personal experience, Right, it's easy to get embittered by what we see in the media, and yeah. it's easy to react so far against it to where our Christmas is, you know, three-piece suits, we're going to sit down, <laughs> eat right. saltines, yeah. and, you know... Sing him one three seven versus two and four, yeah. and and it becomes dead orthodoxy when no, and there's a reason we're supposed to feel joy and we're supposed to celebrate. Right. Yes. And I got a couple of thoughts there too. I'm glad we did bring up Santa Claus. Right. I honestly, as we were broaching it, I was thinking about like should we talk about should we not no i'm kind of glad that we did because you know this came up in conversation even with my own dad you know where like you know if there's non-believers who uh do practice the tradition of santa claus right and and i'm sure there's a lot of young parents out there listening now who are in the faith and they kind of wonder like should i continue this tradition of santa claus with my kids you know maybe i practice tradition maybe you were in a christian household you didn't practice santa claus for me i was in a household where uh, my parents were not born again believers in my childhood actively so uh they were you know, doing Santa Claus. And, you know, so I think it's important where like, it's really as a Christian, it's up to you whether you do that or not. Um, And I totally understand the reason why you wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I wouldn't be the type of person advocating to say like, if say if you're like a Christian school teacher in a public school, like I wouldn't just tell all the kids there in the school without them asking like, Santa Claus isn't real like you know my personal opinion is that that would ruin it for the kids it's really up for their parents to make that decision whether they want to know or not Um, so I think it's important to point that out because you know it it does make it fun and bring this joy to kids during the season Um, but I do think that as we grow older uh, especially as Christians we need to understand that the real joy of the season doesn't necessarily come from gifts in the physical yes giving gifts that's a way of showing our love to other people and showing them that gratitude we talked about before to continue to show that we care Mm -hmm. and appreciate them right it's a it's a form of love you know giving gifts is great but we can't let that practice make us lose sight of the gift that God gave us, which is Jesus, and really that being the joy of the season. I'm so glad you brought up Moses too, because before this conversation, I was thinking about Moses and Jesus. Like, you know, and I'm sure uh, you've heard in scripture there's something called archetypes of Christ. Yeah. Right? So people who God used that 
were very similar to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not like that they weren't sinners. Of course they were, but they represented Jesus in some aspect. You know, Joseph was one of them. Yep. Abraham was one of them. And Moses was definitely one of them. You know, I, I, uh, I actually led a Bible study up at, uh, with some students at SU recently and was talking about Moses. And, and during that, I was trying to remember this. I couldn't for some reason. But it, when it finally came back to me, and then I, I wanted to bring it up here, is that, you know, you look at their lives and there's a lot of similarities in the sense that when Moses was born, the leader of Egypt, Pharaoh, he wanted to kill all the firstborn to, to eliminate Moses because he knew that something powerful was coming. Same with Herod. He wanted to kill all the firstborn males when Jesus was born because he knew something powerful was coming, right? God obviously worked through Moses to get the Israelites out of the physical Egypt, right? And that's what Moses was commissioned to do. Jesus, God came into this world as Jesus, and that's what Jesus was commissioned to do, was to get to get the world, not just Israel, but the world out of not physical Egypt, but spiritual Egypt, right? Freeing us from our sin. It makes me think of, you know, there's so much Old Testament prophecy mm-hmm. about uh, Jesus coming and delivering us from sin. You read in Genesis, the very first prophecy of that. And there's so many scriptures I have here in front of me, as Xander can see, and I'm not going to read them all. Maybe we'll include a list of these on our site. But one scripture, especially with Moses, that I, uh, comes into mind, uh, is actually in the book of Hosea, believe it or not. It's in chapter 11, verse 1, where it says, When Israel was a child, then I loved him, and called my son out of Egypt, mm-hmm. right? And that's really what brings the joy of this season, you know, is that Jesus came into this world. It's really God coming into this world mm-hmm. through his son, Jesus, to redeem us out of spiritual Egypt that keeps us in sin and in bondage, right? We see in the story of Moses how they were freed from uh, captivity in Egypt, right? And it was amazing, but at the same time, they're always grumbling and not, you know, really understanding what they were delivered from. Or at least the understanding they had was at least undermined by a present feeling of, you know, discontent, you know, yeah. not having that joy present in their hearts, realizing like, we just got saved from like enslavement by people who didn't have any of our interests in mind, who really would rather have us be dead if, it, if they, they wanted, you know, um, and same thing with with us as Christians, I feel, is that this season, it, it encapsulates joy so much in that this is the start of that redemption plan. And sometimes Satan uh, wants to get us off track of that by either making us worry, making us lose the reason for joy, even making us think that Egypt is better than the promised land that he's taking us to. When, so, you, when you mentioned grumbling, it actually, I don't have this on my notes, but I was thinking of... Um, you know, in in Philippians, you know, where he talks about, you know, we we shine like stars in the universe. Mm. You know, uh, children of God in a crooked, depraved generation. Yep. If you, there's, like I said before, there's no shortage of non-believers grumbling about the commercialism of Christmas. So mm. if you spend your Christmas as a believer grumbling about the commercialism of Christmas, how how are you different from the unbelieving world? Right. So it, it's not enough to it's not enough to condemn these things because you're you're gonna you know behind every bush there's gonna be someone that condemns these things Mm -hmm. so it's what are we doing now to displace that a little bit what are we doing to 
you know, put forth the joy of Christ mm-hmm. I- into the season. Like, what are we doing? And like, so I, so I think, it, I think that's something that's challenging uh, to to think about, at least especially for me. Yeah, that's definitely something we we do have to think about is the fact that you know there are many things that can take away our joy during this holiday season and, and during this Christmas season where the joy is set in Jesus. Um, and you're right. We got to be really careful to not let the things that take away our joy, take away our joy. Mm-hmm. You know, it could, e- you know, as Christians, we could easily and young people, too, who are have a lot of zeal for Christ. You know, they we could have a lot of thoughts about certain things. But are we going to dwell on those thoughts and make our Christmas season about just constantly shutting those things down and mm-hmm. saying, oh, this is bad. This is bad. Or are we going to continue to push the real message of Christmas out there. I think that's really what we need to do, Xander, to your point, is just continue to talk about the reason for the season, continue to show the joy of Jesus, and really that will trump everything else. And that's part of why when you talked about inviting non-believers mm-hmm. uh, to the fellowship, that's that's a good idea, and that's why I think it's so important because part of our witness is our life. Yes. Like part of our witness is just like, you know, is living now, obviously now I don't, I don't agree with the sentiment of, you know, preach the gospel, use words if necessary. Cause you need words mm-hmm. to, to preach the gospel. The right. gospel involves words. Right. But at the same time, you, your preaching and your life go hand in hand. Yeah. And you know, it's the age old sentiment of action, speaking louder than words mm-hmm. and you can preach the gospel and then what they, you know, you can invite a non-believer to your church Christmas party. Mm. The gospel may not even come up mm. in that. But what they see is they see a group of people that is so different mm-hmm. from everything else. And it's like I mentioned before, people who by all secular standards should have no business talking to each other, mm-hmm. talking to each other associating as family Mm. so that that's a very confusing thing Mm. Uh, it it confuses me as a christian (laughs) like i'm I'm like how does that work right and it all goes back to the gospel and that's where it where it roots back yeah and it's you know when it comes to not letting things take away our joy like if your mind is on the gospel, it's almost impossible to not feel some sort of joy if you're a believer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I, I think it was Martin Lloyd-Jones who who talked about, you know, whenever he preached the gospel and made him want to become a Christian all over again. Mm. You know, it was yeah. it was that. And it was I know it was Martin Luther who said we need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day because we forget it every day. Right. And and it's you know, I have a scripture from Philippians. Now, this one is all actually in my notes, uh, but it's it's a very famous passage It's in Philippians two. Mm. Paul says this. He says, have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, yes. but emptied himself mm-hmm. by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Mm, you can amen. be, you can, like, you can try and unpack this for for years and still not come up, like, 
come up with the fullness of it. The, mm-hmm. God becoming man. Yes. Emptying himself by addition. He's not subtracting his divinity. He's adding humanity. Yeah. So he is truly Amen. God, truly man living a life of sinlessness that we can't even think about because it's right. not even just doing the right things. It's doing them with the right motives. Yes. Because think there's a parable that Jesus told about, um, about servants who are commended and they say, we're worthless servants because we've only done what we're told. Mm. You know, so it's the same thing. Like if we just do what we're told, we're that that's no commendation to us. Mm-hmm. Jesus did things, the right things with the right motives. We can't even picture that. We can't even like gr- get to that level, you know, like and and he was willing to be put to death. Yes. Not only in the most humiliating way of human conceivement conception conceivement's not a word but (laughs) not only in that not only in that method but to experience the eternal wrath of god yeah for six hours Mm -hmm. on the cross so that his people would not have to yeah like i don't understand how you can shrug that off as a christian like if you keep your focus on that this season you i i I think you're going to have a hard time getting distracted from it. Yeah. No, I, first of all, I love that scripture you brought up in Philippians. The first time I read through that, it really like brought chills to me. Just seeing like the fact that you're right. And honestly, another quote for the max impact vault that you just had, um, God did not subtract divinity. He added humanity. That's exactly what he did. And it just shows the humility, right? When I think of the gospel and I think of how we can share the gospel in this Christmas season through the story of Christ, it's really the fact that the gospel is about God's gift to humanity, which is Jesus, right? Our sin, it it hurts us, right? It, It causes us to have that stain that keeps us out, right? But through Jesus, we're washed clean and and brought back in, right? And it's just so neat because, you know, as you were sharing all this, it gave me this amazing visual of, you know, how when you said Martin Lloyd-Jones talks about um, preaching the gospel every day, like I get, I become a Christian all over again, right? And it gave me this amazing visual just now where like when we think of the gospel as a gift, it's a gift that it's not like God just gave it to us one day it's useful for one day for Mm -hmm. one moment no no this is a gift that lasts forever you can open this gift each and every single morning and realize that the salvation we're given it's an eternal gift it's Mm -hmm. like really waking up every day living for christ it's like opening that same gift each and every single day and seeing the fulfillment of god's word his prophecy and seeing the redemption of man in that gift. If we really have that mindset, I think it'll really help us to keep that joy and not let anything else take away that joy. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that we can't have thoughts and comments about some of the stuff we're seeing out in the world, but I think it's a great thing to remind ourselves of the gospel, to open it up as a fresh gift every morning so that uh, we don't become bitter by the world. When you talk about forever, that's another second point of this thing. You're you're not only joyful because you've been saved from your sin. Be joyful because you will be resurrected. Mm-hmm. You will right now there is a resurrected human body sitting at the right hand of God. Mm. We 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 forget how that paves the way for hope. Yeah. We forget that that now 
because of what Jesus did, because of his death and resurrection, we can be before the presence of God. Yeah. We will be before the presence. We will behold the face of God yep. one day. It's not, it's not a, it's not like, oh, maybe. No, it's certain. Yeah. He made it certain with his resurrection. And Paul says it even in Romans. He says, for if we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Amen. You know, and Paul talks about in Thessalonians about those who've died. Don't grieve as though you've had no hope. Mm-hmm. Don't grieve as those who don't have the hope of a resurrection because we have the hope of a resurrection. Mm-hmm. There's life eternal now in the uh, because of the deeds, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We have eternal hope. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. Eternal hope is the gift that God gives us this season for every single day beyond the Christmas season in Jesus Christ. So, uh, you know, really great conversation here. Things that we should take away. Definitely don't limit the fellowship during this year. Definitely get together with believers and try to invite some non-believers, especially if you're having a Christmas party, to really share that joy of Jesus, to share the joy that God gives us through the gift he gives us. Um, and just remembering to the promise that God makes for us through his son, Jesus, and the birth. You know, I want to share one more scripture here that I'm looking at. It's uh, in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Most people know this, but for those that don't, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive mm-hmm. and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. That's Isaiah seven fourteen. This is Isaiah 9, <laughs> verses 6 through 7. For unto us a child is born, there unto us go. a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end Mm -hmm. upon the throne of david and upon his kingdom to order it to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forevermore the zeal of the lord of hosts will perform this there's the zeal of the lord even in this room that's why i keep messing up the scriptures (laughs) But, but yeah no the point is is just to take heart in this season because this season it's all about the beginning of the story the story where we know the end so make sure that you allow the joy of the christmas season to fill your heart and to not let that be ruined by anything that satan tries to throw at us in the world to try to make us bitter we will never be bitter under the joy of christ now xander is there anything else you want to share about christmas anything we've talked about today before we get going well i'll just sign off with one scripture here that you and i talked about before we started recording this is hebrews 10 23 it says let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering mm-hmm. for he who promised is faithful Amen. it goes back to all that we've talked about mm-hmm if you are a Christian, your future is decided. Yes. Your salvation is secure. Your mm-hmm. future is eternal. You will see the face of God. And that's enough reason for joy for, you know, your entire life. Yes, exactly. And even in our theme for the network, hope in the journey, mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 talks about that, where we have a future and a hope. So allow the joy of Jesus and his birth this Christmas season give you hope in this journey. 
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Max Impact. By the way, this is a podcast, so if you're listening to the whole conversation, that's great. But if you haven't checked it out yet, go to our website, marshillnetwork.org slash M-H-A-X. I'll say it one more time, marshillnetwork.org slash M-H-A-X to catch the podcast. Also, in the Mars Hill Network app, it's a free download in the iOS and Google Play stores. You could catch it there as well. And leave us a comment if you like anything we've talked about in this episode or past episodes or you have topics you want us to talk about please share your thoughts with us we'd love to hear from you it'll only keep us excited and going for the future and we just look forward to more conversations to maximize the kingdom of god again teddy caputo and xander deacons joining you in the studio thank you very much for listening to another episode of max impact where you help us make a maximum impact for the kingdom of god